0: To all who come to this ragged place, welcome. And since you're here, why don't we start the show today? We've got Mark Walbeck, an entrepreneur in every sense of the word. He was the CEO of a company called DevSlopes, which teaches people how to code web applications and iOS applications. So teaching people how to program, very awesome, but he's now the advisor of that company, why? Because he's become a writer. He's become a successful writer too. His book, The Last Hacker, and actually the second one in the series called The Last Hacker, The Rise of the Red Army, both had very successful Kickstarter campaigns. He knows how to use social media. He knows how to use the principles of a of a lean startup or a startup company towards being a writer, which I think a lot of people are lacking, particularly writers. I know that for myself, you're artsy and whatnot, and you end up missing those points, but he is not missing those points. Uh, that's why I think this conversation with him is invaluable, because uh, not only can he talk writing, he can also talk business and marketing, which is a, is a triple threat that's kind of crazy. Oh, and speaking of triple threats, he also voiceover narrates all of his own books. He has his own app that has sci-fi books that you can listen to for free, by the way, called the Wallback app. And he narrates all the books there. So this guy's not only really talented, very artistic, but also incredibly technical. I I would say this guy is a master of reality. Uh, From our conversation, that's what I really picked up was that he was able to take from reality uh, what's going on. Hey, oh, this writer's doing this really well. I think I I could use that and do that really well in my own work. Oh, this marketing works really well to sell my writing. I think I can use this marketing and make it work. He was able to take the all of these different principles and apply them to his own books, his own projects, his own goals. And that's invaluable information. So I really, really hope you guys get something out of this like the way I did. I had an amazing conversation with him. I really enjoyed speaking with him. I can't stress that enough. And of course, this is the Ragged World. It's an adult conversation. So your virgin ears may hear something you didn't expect and don't let that throw you. I think that's all you really need to know to get into this podcast. So without further ado, Mark Walbeck, Ragged World, uh, let's go. So I'm starting it up. I'm starting it up as it is. Um, Mark, pleasure to meet you. <laughs> first things first. How you doing, man?
1: Great, thanks. Great. Thanks for uh, setting this up. Yeah, good. Well, thanks
0: for thanks for being on it. I was actually really stoked, really excited. I've been a fan of uh, what I've seen on uh, basically Instagram. I keep seeing your posts uh, for all your your books. Okay, you're a you're a writer. You're a programmer. You're a voice actor. Um, you know how to work the hell out of social media. You've got some great Kickstarter campaigns that that have both completed and are about to start. I think you have uh, for your last Hacker books. Like there's the, the recent one is Last Hacker, The Rise of the Red Army. And you've got Earth Forgotten that finished. I think is just yeah. about to start, right?
1: Sometime soon, yes.
0: Nice, nice. Um, so I saw that stuff and I thought, man, okay, this guy's a writer. I didn't actually realize the programming part. I didn't know about that. I see you're wearing the huh. Dev Slopes hat right now. Didn't know any of this stuff until oh, nice. after I asked you because I was just really excited by the writing side of things. Um, how does that happen? How does that, How does that start? How did you go from being... In the the space of of coding, programming, development, and then to this passion that seems to be writing, like what uh, what 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 brought you over there?
1: Yeah, so it's a good question. Uh, it's you know ten years in the making, but uh, basically, I you know I'm a programmer, but uh, you know I've always been an entrepreneur at heart, and programming is what got me there because I could build my own products, my own software, and I'm a very creative person. And I love to tell stories. And originally it was, actually, it was actually video games that got me into this because I love telling stories, but at the time I didn't know I love telling stories. I just liked creating things. And so I was always like into single player games, campaigns and things like that. And I thought maybe because I was so into video games growing up that what I needed to do was make video games. Uh, and so I started building, it. it was like, well, I can't build it without programming. So I started learning programming. And then people started waving money at me to program things i was like okay and uh and long you know 10-year journey plus but I, I learned that it wasn't video games that i wanted to do it was actually storytelling um and there's different mediums for that uh and when i learned that when i made video games and they weren't fun and people weren't playing them but i was like but look at the story and all this cool stuff and people were like it's still not fun because a video game is not a story a video game has to have uh, you know game loops and be fun so uh, I got into programming and then I ended up teaching programming courses and my company, DevSlopes, came to life. That was like seven years ago and now it's just growing super, super fast. Um, I've hired a CEO for the company and the team's growing and I'm now an advisor and I spend all my time writing now. So uh, so basically that's, that's the, kind of the transition over here when I did my soul searching, realized I'm just a storyteller and writing was the way to do I even did screen. I was looking into screenplays and mo- and making film. I bought all the film equipment for that and tried to get people together, but it was so much work. And I, did, I didn't want to make film. I just want to tell stories. And, and it was a writing that was what I needed to do. So, uh, anyway, that's, that's the long, that's the long story short.
0: You know what? I could understand that a lot. I, I had that sort of same situation where I, I was like, I want to do some writing. I like to tell these stories. I, uh, I I, I talked to a friend of mine who is a filmmaker and I was like, hey, listen, uh, I know you used to teach Is he used to teach screenplay writing. Right. And he told me like, "Okay, but I'm I'm right in the middle of this thing. I'm working 20 hour days. I got a documentary that I'm creating. Like, look, if I can help you with your documentary, can you help me with screenplay writing? And so I, I ended up just like actually just becoming like a production manager on those sets for a while and I thought after a second I was like okay wait a minute though I need where's the writing happening so I actually switched into into that situation as well so I I think I can relate somewhat where you wanted to start that that reminds me if I'm not mistaken I think the last hacker story you had an idea for it to be a video game in the first place yeah um and you were like "Hey, wait a minute you know this is going to be this is going to be a lot to, to go there but do you still have aspirations of Creating a game from from any of these stories or from that story particularly,
1: uh, yeah. The answer to that is is yes. Um, I'm I'm wise enough now to know that I I would need to get other people involved that can actually make games fun. Um, but uh, in in terms of the the idea and every, everything itself, it was supposed to be a video game. Everything in my mind when I write stuff like it's very character focused, RPG type characters. I'm not necessarily thinking RPGs, but I'm thinking like I when I write characters like if it cannot i ask myself can this character fit into a video game like as a character you could play and usually if the answer is no i don't typically write those characters it's a really weird thing but i'm very character focused whereas a lot of other stories and authors are very story focused like here's the events here's what happens but like i'm really character focused and so you know these characters in the last hacker are very memorable uh and could totally be in, in a video game and um i absolutely you know plan on pursuing that when the fan base is large enough you know where I could um, you know have enough money to invest in the prototype you know and you know which is going to be at least a million dollars just to, I need to do that beforehand before I do any type of Kickstarter uh, and then I would go to the audience and say hey let's turn this into a full-fledged game maybe raise like 20 million dollars and and I'll bring on a team I know how to run software companies obviously and you know but that wouldn't be my core my core job but you know, I would I would bring it to life with all the right people, and um, and I, I surely am going to do that, for sure when the time is right.
0: That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I mean, yeah. Well, for the last hacker ones, you had some pretty killer Kickstarter campaigns. You mentioned the Kickstarter campaign there, and so I think sometimes for writers or artistic people in the first place, they they have a little bit of trouble sometimes with the business side of things. They they you know sometimes are suffering starving artists in that regard and don't tend to hit that hit that button too well sometimes um so what would be some of your advice like what is required for a i mean i know you can do things in a lot of different ways but what what is required for a really killer kickstarter campaign or what are some of the the bare bones things you feel like you need to do in order to make that work
1: Um, yeah it's so i do have answers you know but it's also it's also kind of a a hard thing too because a lot of people are truly, truly creative and like they can't breathe if they can't write or do those creative things. And, and a lot of them that have been successful in the world, like didn't do a lot to become like successful. Like it was like, they did it so much that it eventually happened, but you know, with today and and self-publishing, you know, if, if you're at least willing at 5% to put your entrepreneur hat on, you know, then you can really you can really do some things, you know. But today, it can be very difficult if you're just so passionate about your your art that you're not willing to do what it takes on the marketing. You know, it'd be very, very long ride for you. So, you know, you I would say early on, you know, if you want to make money doing this, like as a career, you have to be able to. Uh, you have to start thinking right away in, in terms of of growing this. Um, in fact, that's what I did. So. I started writing The Last Hacker in like 2019. I kind of took a sabbatical for a year for the company trying to refigure some things out. And I wrote this I wrote this book, but I was also from 2019 to 2021 or 2018, 2020, maybe three years, I was reading podcasts on independent publishing. I was or sorry, listening to podcasts. I was reading books, every book I could get. I took every masterclass on masterclass.com from every single writer from James Patterson to Dan Brown to Neil Gaiman, every single class. Like, I mean, I invested so many hours in trying to figure out how to be successful doing this. And then what I started doing is like, okay, I know the game. And so I started doing Instagram posts. Um, I started writing stories on Instagram. And then when TikTok came out, I started, or when TikTok started getting really hot, I started posting on TikTok. And that's still evolving, right? But um, it, it's important because to think of now early on, because for instance, two months ago, um, I made some TikTok posts uh, for my book and the book itself made like $5,000 in sales just from two TikTok posts. And if you can understand the gravity of this, if you, if you do something consistently for three years, this is anything you do, skill, whatever. And I, I, I have a testimony of this. I know this because I, I, I've done it so many times now. If you do something consistently every day for three years, you will guarantee your success. Guarantee it. And so I know, you know, I I started TikTok about a year ago um, for this particular for this brand, Mark Walbeck. And I'm at 20,000 followers. I'm a hundred people away from 20,000 followers right now. Um, But I know for a fact, if I do this for three years consistently, you know, that's probably going to be almost a million followers. And if I, with 17, it was like 17,000 followers at the time. If I can do $5,000 in book sales from one book, from one book, uh, from two posts, imagine what happens when you've got a million followers and all it literally takes is consistency. And so if you're going to start anywhere as a brand new author, like forget Instagram, Instagram's a a joke, like it is a complete joke in, in terms of growth, get on TikTok, uh, and, uh, Start just posting stuff to even without a book. Like just post stuff that you're interested in that's related to your audience and it will pay off like crazy and you evolve eventually over time. But you know, if you're gonna be in indie publishing, get on TikTok, start building that following because it's free. Uh I for my first campaign, I did some paid ads. Uh you don't even have to do that with TikTok. TikTok's free.
0: Man, that's a big that's a that's kind of a big statement being that like, hey, it's three years, be consistent. I guess. One thing I'm thinking about too is you. You said you wrote over a million words between uh, the first yeah. book and the second one, right? So, I suppose, yeah. w- what does consistency mean to you then? Because it sounds like it means a lot. Like, I'm I'm interested to to, to yeah. know a little bit more about that. Like how did yeah. how did you write a million words in in that amount of time? And I think it was a fairly short time too. So you must have been really on top yeah. of this.
1: Yeah, within a couple of uh, like a year and a half, two years. Um, the thing is, I, I read, I read this thing from Stephen King he has a book on writing and, uh, okay. Yeah, it, it was either hammer James Patterson, but one of those two said that, you know, you really need to write a million words before you're, you're good enough to really, uh, get published. And then he was talking about traditional publishing. And nowadays you can really publish anything and people will read it, but, uh, and, I mean, and they can make money, but I want it to be really good and I want it to really hone my craft. And so, I mean, I, I wrote every day for a year and posted those stories on social media um, for a year straight. Like, I know this this is sounds like your stupid hustle, hustle grind thing, but that's what it was. I mean, I literally would get up at 5 a.m., I'd get my head straight. By 6 a.m., I would write my little story, like, you know, just a minute long story. I recorded. I put it on Instagram and that adds up. And then I would do short stories. And then um, somebody somebody was asking me advice one time about like how they can make money as a writer. And I, I suggested, well, one thing you do right out of the gate is go onto Fiverr and you could write stories for people for money. And it totally blew me off. Said that's not possible. No one's gonna spend money on it. I've tried that. And like, it really rubbed me the wrong way. So I went, I wanted to prove, not just prove them wrong, but I wanted to show that it could be done. I went on Fiverr. And I created some videos about, I will write a few fictional stories, you know, and I started, I just put put that out there, wrote a few stories for people that I knew, had them give me reviews. And, um, and all of a sudden I started getting all these orders for fictional stories. Uh, you know, I made almost a thousand dollars, like in a few weeks from people requesting stories. I mean, I wasn't even charging high prices. And it just, you know, so I had those writing opportunities too. And, and that's also a testament of just by virtue of doing, you know, you'll have success um so i was doing that and of course i was writing other books too um i, I wrote multiple like earth forgotten that that book's done um you know and, and that adds up as well too my last hacker second book is is done uh and then recently like my like four or five months ago i told my daughter who's become a writer herself which is kind of cool uh she's seen what i've done and like totally has like the faith that she can do it now um i said you know if we Right, finish a book, but, you know, let's go to Disney world in the summer. And so we, we wrote a book, I wrote another book. Um, she did too. And so like, there's a lot of things like that, that, you know, I did to really push myself, but I, I just was, um, I try to write every day, Monday through Saturday. I don't write on Sunday, but, um, I try to write every day and that just adds up. A lot of people I know who are professional writers write once a week. <laughs> so, you know, it takes time, you know, It just takes time.
0: That can make sense. No, I I think the writing everyday thing is a thing. Um, Also, it seems like you you found a way to take little bites out of things as well. Because you you had these um, 60-second micro stories that you would narrate yourself as well and and put out there. Um, That feels like a good method to almost almost like a a lean startup kind of format of like okay are any anybody going to care about any of these stories was was that sort of an an idea or was it really that you just wanted to have something to write every day
1: no so that that's part of it actually um so i learned early on that that writing is hard um as many writers know And, and and if you follow writers like upcoming indie writers on Instagram, they're all posting like these silly memes about, oh, you know, why are you on social media instead of writing? Like they're always posting these things that are making fun of the fact that they're not writing when they should be. And I I felt that. And and the thing is, writing a book is a lot of work. Um, So I come from an entrepreneur background where I do things and I get results. Like just months ago, like maybe like nine months ago, we were going to run a promotion, so I built out a landing page on ClickFunnels, prepared some ads for it, got my email list ready, sold a product, you know, and then within like forty-eight hours, seventy-two hours, we had launched a product, sold it, pre pre-orders of it, you know, and made like whatever thirty thousand dollars, and you know, like I'm used to things like that, and then you come to writing a book, and you do it for a week and it's still not done. You do it for a month and it's still not done, right? It, it you know for for me it can take like three to four months to write a book a lot of people it takes a lot longer um uh, some people even faster which is crazy to me um but anyways it's really depressing for me it's super super depressing actually i can't handle it like i cannot do that uh i have to release things it's in my nature and it motivates me and so i started writing the stories like i'm gonna i'm gonna write new things every day but also just spark some ideas like what kind of ideas and crazy things can I think of? And so I'd go on to deposit photos. It's a stock photo website. And I would just scroll through images from some artists I, I follow on there. And if the second something caught my eye, any idea, I would stop, download the image, I was stuck with it. And then I would just spend the next 15 minutes writing a 60 second story that's 140 words and about that particular thing. But guess what? It has to sound like it finishes, right? So I'm now having to think like, okay, start, finish. What can I do in 60 seconds? And and it was it was amazing in fact I wrote I wrote, I published a course recently like six months ago on on skillshare about how to get started as writing and one of the very first things that I recommend people do is 60 second stories and 500 word stories because um I have a lot of conversations with upcoming authors who are seeing what I'm doing I'm not famous or anything by any means but they're asking me questions um, and you know I tell them you should write small stories all the time write them all the time so you can know what it, feels like to finish something because everybody starts these books and they don't finish like almost every person that i talk to i say are you finished yet because they say how do i get published how do i how do i sell my book they ask me how do i sell my book and i i've learned to ask them in in response is your book finished and they say no every single like not even 99 percent of the time every single time they say their book is not done um and and it's because it's hard so get good with get good with finishing things finish something so you can feel good about yourself and now that's why on on TikTok, um I have been really wanting to grow it but I don't I want to do things the way I want to do them have fun doing it and I like telling stories you know what a lot of authors do is you know they'll dance or they'll they'll post like author jokes and I'm thinking to myself, you guys, if you're posting author jokes, you're only gonna bring more authors who are following you. you're not gonna you're not bringing in the audience that wants to actually read your books uh and, and you know so they're they're posting these things and so what I'm always trying to figure out new things to do to write more and to finish things. and so for me, social media is like is like my addiction for writing because I get to write my big books, but I also get to publish things daily and and i and I had this idea like last month, I was like, well, I wanna tell stories on TikTok, but my regular format isn't working the way that, the way that I want it to, that, which is why I stopped writing stories on, on Instagram too, because they're not, people don't, they're not coming on these platforms to like read st- stories. It's just not designed for that in the way that I was doing it. And and my performance was 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 waning. And so now I've got this new style, which has just taken off uh, and where I'm just, I'm taking my stories, and I'm just telling them, like I'm talking to a friend, like I'm telling my kids a bedtime story. And I, I really believed it would work. And it did, like one of my posts, I've only done like four of these, one of them just the other day is like 100,000 views already. Um, and the other one was like 25,000 views. And, and so now I'm even more excited because I don't have to come up with stupid TikTok skits anymore, which I hate. And I've done that and it's worked. I hate it. Like I don't wanna, I don't wanna do that. I wanna write stories. And now I can write stories and publish them every single day and enjoy doing it. And so my point is, like, there's ways to publish things daily to get that fix of getting your words out there while you're still writing your your big stories. And so that's exciting for me. I I would have quit a long time ago if if all I did was write a book for six months and then resurface my head and then restart the process. Like, it's just, I can't do it,
0: (laughs) man. That's really, really strong. Like that is, that's powerful advice. I, I hope that I'm going to try to listen to that. I hope that sinks into my own brain because, uh, it, uh, that's, that is part of the problem with social media and writers, I think, is that you are just writing and a lot of times people aren't really going on a lot of these platforms just to read text necessarily. I, I love yeah. that you found a way to synthesize uh, your different talents, essentially, because you, you, know, you, do, you are doing voiceover, but you, you write these stories. I also like the idea of, of the micro story as well. I can, I, I can relate to that too a little bit because when I learned uh, how to do comic book uh, writing I, I learned the comic book script format i took some some classes with the guy who was the editor of marvel and idw and all of that and like i learned the structure that they do and i thought how am i going to actually implement this structure on a daily basis and i, mm. I, I tell the story all the time because i i'm proud of myself i guess <laughs> but um i did 60 comics in 60 days i said before i eat like oh, I'm, wow. gonna, I'm gonna wake up before i eat or anything i'm gonna do that short format because i've written novels already. Yeah. I've written screenplays and stuff and I thought hey this is uh, this is a uh, no big thing like I can do long form stuff pretty well and I can finish it. Like you said the finishing thing is huge. But you, it is depressing to spend like however many months you're going to spend yeah. and you just nothing's actually gone out. So that's exactly yeah. what I did. I said like I'm not going to eat, I'm just going to finish a comic book and the first one was like this is going to be a one page comic. It's going to have anywhere from 4 to 6 panels and that's the deal. And after 30 days, because I had actually committed to 30 days, I was like, "I like doing this. I'm going to do 60." Uh, and I did some longer ones. I did three, three pages or whatever. And and out of that, I actually took the three comics that I ended up actually making. Yeah. So that became a thing too. That's great. But the fact that you could share your process as well uh, is another thing uh, I think is interesting. Uh And you you were talking about the medium. You changed the the me- You changed the way you applied things to, for the medium to work. Um, I'm yeah. wondering. Uh, at what point do you, or what's a good way to know, or if you have any thoughts on this, whether it is the material or the medium, because of course you can be putting out bad material to the right medium and it's still bad material, or you could be putting out great material in a way that the medium doesn't really take. And you know, now you're, you know, you're selling ice in Antarctica, right? So, um, I don't know if you have an answer to this or if this is a weird question, but at the same time, what do you think? When do you know it's the material? When do you know it's the medium?
1: So it's it's a hard thing, um, and I think it's I think it's first off, it's not something people should worry about right out of the gate. Like get in a flow for a few months of just posting whatever, like because so many people make excuses not to do things. Um, so just post whatever for a few months. Just do it like daily if you can. Um, w- once you get past that, you're in a rhythm. You know, then then things can start working out. Um, so for instance, there's there's this guy um, I know. He's an author. You know, he had like two thousand followers on TikTok. And you know, I was like at 18,000 at the time, so only 2,000 followers ago. And he just he posted a lot of stuff that I thought was really boring and lame, and so did everyone else, because it had like 50 views, 100 views. And then he po- made one post that just randomly went viral because of the right things and stuff. Uh, and it actually, literally in four days, he jumped up to 20,000 followers, more than me uh, from one post. Um, and I was like, first I was like, that's really cool because look what it's done for him. And then what? What's funny is he didn't really um, capitalize on that. Uh, he just went back to making all those old posts, and so they're all at fifty views, hundred views. And you know, I was thinking to myself, there's really a, there was a chance for him to see what he did here, you know, and and, and do some more of that. Uh, I mean, maybe he didn't recognize it at the time, but if you can if you can just get it in a point where now you're doing this regularly, then you can look at your you can look at what you're doing, and just see if there's there's a way to improve. Um, when I would make my stories okay they they took a long like a lot of effort to get people following like and in, in fact on instagram uh i i tend to lose more followers than i gain um and it, some of those stories they just they don't they don't perform well in the format that i was doing and the uh, same thing on TikTok too you know i had so the so the posts for me that do the best um that i enjoy doing are are ones at least early on where like i would do book trailers like You know, I put some cool music, the right images at the right place to invoke an emotion and get people curious, you know, you know, what if the world ended? You know, and that's how it starts off. And those ones performed really well. And I'll keep doing, yeah, I'll I'll keep doing those for my books. But, you know, you can only do so many, you know, you can only do so many. Like, for me, I want to do things that are meaningful. And, And so I say, okay, well, look at these posts that are performing well. Look at these posts that are not performing well. And you know what can I do, what can I do to fix things? And my on TikTok, my stories where I just narrate and it pans across, shows images and stuff, those just no matter how hard I try, they don't perform well. Um, but this new format, for instance, I I specifically, this whole new format, I I I watched um a guy named Mr. Ballin. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He tells like creepy stories and stuff. Uh anyway, he just a year and a half ago on TikTok, he was a nobody, zero followers. And then he just did a a post where he's talking to the camera, telling a scary story and like overnight got a million followers. And then like, he just kept doing that, telling scary stories. Like he's talking to a friend, um, like real true stories and, you know, got like millions of followers in weeks. And then he moved to YouTube and now he's got like, I think 6 million followers there all in a year, one freaking year, because in his case, and I studied him thoroughly, like his format was spot on and people are into the whole creepy pasta thing right now. So I was like, okay, people really want that human connection that's why my posts don't work when i'm not showing my face when i don't show my face like they they don't work as well as the ones that they do um and i learned that i learned that from hard experience and so i was like what if i could take my storytelling but don't read off a script because people don't like that either uh, don't you know she went down here she said she thought this she thought that like there's not enough time to convey anything with all of the dialogue and internal thought and stuff and so i said okay i'm going to take. what I'm good at, and I'm going to do this Mr. Ballin style, the format. So my unique thing, Mr. Ballin's format, and I'm going to see if I can do that. So I wrote a little story, a post-apocalyptic story, like 2,000 words. And what I've been doing is I've been breaking it down into these videos, but I tell it in a way where I can finish it in 60 seconds. And I tell it like I'm telling a friend and 100,000 views, right? And I was like, okay, now I've got something here. So I know this is a long-winded answer, but like I'm looking at... Looking at things that I'm doing and trying to improve, um, but aside from all that, the, the best advice I could ever give in that regard is like just or whatever it is, just post. Like, don't not post because you don't you you haven't figured it out yet. The consistency is so key, not just for the algorithms, but for yourself as well. To you know, make a rule to post. And I I'm not I'm not great at this by any means, especially since summer started. I have really been struggling with my kids and and getting. A new routine going here, but just post no matter what.
0: Wow, oh, no, I appreciate that. And I appreciate that too. Speaking of ah, a, a posting, no matter what, posting what you're doing, posting what's going on. I'm, I'm starting to see. I'm starting to see some patterns there because it gets, It seems like it started with with studying, taking what you already knew from from entrepreneurship, um, then getting consistent in the writing, getting a way to actually finish, finding different things that inspire you to write stories in the first place. Then start putting it out. Then look at that consistency and see, okay, is this working? Are these now you can look at the performance? Is this performing well now? Now I'll start talking about mediums. Now I'll start talking about uh, should I change to TikTok? Should I change to or should I be changing my format on TikTok? But like it, it sort of started like you said. It's a ten-year process to get to this this thing uh, not that it has to be for everybody because like they could probably just yeah. listen to this now and do this you know but uh am i am i on track with with that like that's, that's
1: 100 to... right at least that's how it worked worked for me and I, I think it works well like that for other people too oh no doubt the ones that are succeeding
0: no doubt and i was gonna ask this too like because you're 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 at home you've got a routine um are you the type of person who puts together a a a particular routine for, for, for the day, for living life, for your weeks? Uh, are you a, a routine based person or do you,
1: do you do it differently? So that's evolved over the years. Um, I, for me, the words routine and schedule are two completely separate things. Um, a, a routine is for me is something that you do on a regular basis. Uh, and, usually in a regular format or, or order. You know, a schedule is I need to do these things at this time and these places. And what I have found that when you start scheduling things, uh, it tends to always fail because, because let's say you're scheduled to, I'm scheduled to write for an hour. I schedule myself to write for an hour at 8 a.m. Well, let's say the night before, Your kids were up late, or whatever. You lost sleep. You're early in the morning. You know, on four hours of sleep. Let's just say, and you know, now you're sitting at the computer keeping that schedule. Well, all of a sudden, things things are a little bit different. And you know, you're should you push through and just write anyway? And maybe the answer is yes, maybe not. You know, versus being a little more flexible. When you have schedules, uh, it's easier to fail. Um, And I'm not talking about like meetings. Meetings are different. Like if you're when I was a CEO, I was wearing my CEO hat. Sure, a schedule with meetings and stuff. You do your meetings, great. Meeting, you're tired, now, it doesn't matter. You do your meetings, you got your schedule. But especially as a creative person, you know, you need to, you need to give yourself flexibility to be creative. Um, and so, what I do is I have a routine, um, which it does involve some part of the schedule. So, I, I get up every day, even here on summer and even on, on Saturdays, I get up at 5 a.m. Um, I do my I do personal studies and things. Then and I I have to do this; otherwise, I don't I don't succeed in my day. So, like, first of all, don't, this is nothing to idolize or anything like. That. It's just I I do it because I have to. And so I get up at five a.m. and I do I get my head straight. I do some studies, um, and then you know uh, I exercise after that. Uh, I got um I've got a tonal on my wall, and I just go do that so I can be close at home and just get it done quickly. And then at seven, I I typically go into my office and do some type of creative thing like reading. I try to read a book. I find if I read some out of a book in the morning, I get motivated to write. Um, and sometimes I even take notes in books. Like I highlight stuff like, Hey, this is internal dialogue. This is what this author did well, whatever. Um, and then sometime before 10 AM I will, I will write, um, or I will put myself in a place to write. So for instance, so I have seven kids, Okay. Life is very busy. I work from home. So yeah, (laughs) life is very busy. Um, you know, so what I do is put myself in places where I'm forced to write. So for instance, today, um, I took all of my kids to this place called urban air. It's like this big jumping facility where they jump on trampolines and stuff, whatever, because, um, it's this enclosed facility. It's got air conditioning and basically, and it's hot here in Texas. Um, and then I put my headphones on. I let them play for two hours. But guess what? The computer I brought has no no Wi-Fi. Now. I, it's it's my MacBook Air. It can't. Like, there's nothing nothing on. Not even a browser except for Safari. Uh, and nothing's connected. None of my Google accounts or anything. i um, on my phone. So this is ridiculous. But I've got two phones. Okay. This is my business phone that has all the social media apps on it. This stays in my office at all times. I don't touch it unless it's like time to post on TikTok. This is my regular phone, has no Facebook, no TikTok, no anything. And the amount of times I lift my phone to look at t- TikTok and it's not there is like, phenomenal. Like, I can't believe how addicted uh, a human can be to, to look at stuff, um, but it's, it's never there. So it goes right back. No YouTube anything. So I put my headphones on and for literally for two hours i cannot do anything else except for write um and once i start the words start coming and so i do this multiple times per week i know this sounds ridiculous but i i my kids go to gymnastics three days a week the reason why my wife doesn't take them and the reason why i take them is so i can write i'm stuck on these bleachers with a whole bunch of parents who are like cheering their kids and stuff i got my headphones on and i'm forced to write like do I really want to be watching gymnastics for an hour? Heck no, I don't, you know, so like, I'm going to write, but like that's probably a messed up thing to say, but, um, but anyway, so already like four days out of the week, um, you know, I've, I'm i probably getting in almost 10,000 words in a week because I've, I forced myself into a, a routine. Now gymnastics at a different time, right? And sometimes those things switch, whatever, but I made sure to put in my routine, things that will cause me to have success Um, and, and that's how I operate because if I force myself to do things, then I will do those things.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've essentially trapped yourself into writing at that point. Like this is, you're not you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You gotta be here and you're stuck with you're stuck without any, any distractions. That that's awesome actually. It doesn't sound crazy at all. Um, just to say that's that's not ridiculous at all that makes a lot of sense it's it's reality based you you live in reality especially if you have seven kids i have no idea why you're here talking to me then <laughs> how did, how did you do this um like that's already a, a whole nother topic i think but <laughs> <laughs> yeah like what a okay so but i'm amazed that you're here to talk to me anyway now so thank you even more for the time you're taking um but but no that 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 leads me to the idea of then is there? They're obviously with the phones and with the computer. I can see that these, this, this writing computer, this business phone, the way you've set up the apps that are on it and are not on it. Uh, I asked you like, hey, do you? What do you put in your day? Do you actively like the way you do with your phones and computer? Not do particular things like? Do, do you maybe that's a, a a bigger list for you as opposed to I'm going to absolutely do this. Is there an I'm absolutely not going to do. These particular things, or I actively avoid these circumstances or situations in order to not throw myself off uh, from from the goals and paths that I that I want. Is that is that something you do?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it it's kind of similar. Um, it, it's kind of in the same in the same sense because, for instance, um, this is you can see my office here. You know, it's it's where I work out of. But, dude. You can't see this, but I've got a high-powered gaming PC right here with Warzone on it. It can be very distracting, especially, you know, when my son comes to play. But you know what? On the door, which you can't see either, I have actually put a sign that says, do not enter, and it goes from red to green, and I lock the door. And so if anyone if anyone sees that, it means don't come bother me. So sometimes I will come and lock that because once, like, if my son, he's like, um, he's like 10, he's like, hey, Dad, let's play Warzone, you know? It's really hard for me to say no because that, That game's pretty fun. Um, But so there's things I do like that, but I have a nice comfortable couch right here um, where if I'm tired, it's really easy to lay down, right? So I originally started in that, I have a sound booth back there. I originally started writing in the sound booth. I'm going to go in there for 30 minutes, but even that doesn't work because I go in there and I write for 30 minutes and I do that. But then when I come out to breathe, because it's hot in there, like it's so easy to go do something else, even without my distractions and things like that, which is why for me, it's so critical. I leave my property. Again, I work from home, so I I have to do those things, but like I leave my property to make sure that that I, I can write, you know, because even like, I'm just, I'm just a weak human, like, like anybody else. Right. And, and so I have to make sure that I I don't put myself in, in front of temptation, and which is why the extremes of the second second phone, second computer, and the things I don't do is I don't install apps that can distract me. I don't install those things, you know, and I try not to work on, like I, I try not to work on this computer right here. I try not to work on my gaming PC. I only work for my MacBook Air because nothing's on it. Like even, and this crazy, because even with my business, the CEO sometimes will call me like, Let's, can you help me out with something or look at something? I, if I'm out and about, I can't even help him. Like, even though it, it needs to absolutely be done, I have, to, I'm forced to say, you know what, when I get back, I'll take care of it. Um, you know, because it's it's really easy to make excuses, even for emergencies, like, hey, can we do this and this and this? I'm like, sorry, I don't, I literally physically can't do that right now. Um, and so I just put myself in a position to succeed. That's all, and that just, and those just those things I talk about, nothing else besides that really.
0: Wow, that makes a lot of sense, though. Putting yourself in a position to succeed. I I could even think of if people from your business are calling and you're out and you're saying, well, look, I physically can't do it. I think the people at your business are going to start to understand, too, that uh, if Mark is out, maybe we should be ready to take care of this problem on our own, too. And maybe some of those problems get handled on their own where they would have called you anyway, but it's like oh, yeah. he's out, he's not going to be able to help us there. So like it really takes you out of the bottleneck essentially for for that situation. At least that's one thing. And then again, the sign on the door, that's yeah. like you it seems like you you know what you want to do and that that consistency, being able to be consistent without making those excuses, oh well, you know, I got caught up with this. So I got caught up with the business. So I got cut up with the kids. That could really that's the kind of thing that I think everybody tends to make. Now, I'm not going to say everybody. That's a blanket statement, but a lot of people make the excuses of that. Well, I have I have kids, and this, I've heard that a lot. Well, you you're writing, and I, I have kids, and that's why it's not working. Um, well, Mark has seven kids, so he found uh, a way. He's, yeah, you never be
1: <laughs> able to throw that excuse that particular excuse at me, I guess. But uh, uh, well, oh, one other thing you could do too that I didn't mention is really crazy, and I don't recommend this for everybody, but if you're tenacious. You do Kickstarters, you launch products before they're done. <laughs> like the last hacker, you know, where it raises $18,000, but my product is not ready. If you do not ship, you will get sued, you know? And so no matter what I have to write, I have to write because writers like they don't, well, if this works out great, if it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, but if like Brandon Sanderson, he did that $30 million campaign. Well, you know what? He's got to hire a whole company now to manage all of his stuff on, on Kickstarter and to do all this stuff, hire employees, because if he doesn't, he's going to be in big trouble, right? So sometimes doing things like that can actually be very helpful in the business world. We call them pre-launches um, uh, to test market validity and things like that and uh, otherwise. But uh, that's another thing you can do is if you have any audience at all, sell something before it's done, and you'll be very motivated to finish it.
0: Yeah. I guess it, uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like signing up for the marathon and then deciding to get in shape in a way. Um, like, uh, okay, yeah, I'm going to yeah. be, I'm going to be running this yeah. thing. So it's, uh, it's time to go. You know? That makes a lot of sense. No, I, I, that, that's incredible. And I mean, you seem like a pretty driven, ambitious person. Uh, have you, have you always been that way? Like what, what things are driving you forward like this?
1: No, I don't, I don't know. It's, so yeah people have said that or is it is it not accurate well so i i am driven but it's not like a like a hunger for success or anything i i'm really really addicted to like learning like like just increasing my intelligence you know when i drive down my suburban neighborhood and i see The 70 year old man like watering his small little lawn and tending to his flowers like it makes me cringe like just me personally because it's just like i know that i'll never be that guy um like i don't i don't want to take a break like i want to like learn new things until the day that i die like and and do things and so and it's not about money or anything else it's just it's just about being uh, improving yourself you know and um and so like i really thrive off of that some people don't and that's that's completely right some people like they really love life i know i know i know many people who love to hike and they will hike the same trail every day and it's exhilarating for them like after the first time hiking it i would i would want to die i'd be like okay what's new let's do something else let's go to a higher peak you know um and and that's just the way that i'm i'm wired in that sense um whether it's 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 good or bad sometimes it's bad sometimes it's it's good you know um but for me, I, I spend a lot of time with my kids and family and stuff too. Um, but every single day, like if I if I if I don't learn something new in a day, like it kind of it kind of really bothers me. So, like I'll in my bookshelf over there, like I love like ancient history. I, like I, this this morning, I was reading about the Sumerians and like you know four thousand BC, the first writing systems on planet Earth, and like. You know where they came from and how they developed it. like i just like am so interested in learning things and all that stuff is perfect for writing because i get to put those things into my writing and so like really that's that's what drives me like is is the new because you see progress right like, and i i gained this faith in in consistency it with so i've ran multiple businesses and then with dev slopes i learned that like, hey i know for a fact if i am consistent with something for two to three years it will succeed no matter what. And I know this works for other people too. And so because I have that knowledge, I'm like, okay, writing books. Like some people come to me, like, oh, the kickstarter you're doing all these things. It's great. I was like, well, you know, but the reality is I just knew. I knew two years ago that if I just did this consistently and I, I learned the industry and I grew with it, like it it will pay off. And and it will continue to do that. Like I'm a nobody right now. But I know like if I keep doing this, it'll. Uh, it'll work out uh and uh and things are happening like i i got invited to um into a private writing club with a new york times best-selling author who is coaching me on on being a good enough writer to be published by top publishers and like rips me apart every week i, I think sometimes some of my writing is great and then they just go and rip me to pieces and but i like love it like i'm addicted to it because it's just like this is this is so great um and uh so it like things are happening you know but it's it started with zero followers it started with zero words it started just kind of with an idea really i don't know so if you call that driven i guess that then it's driven but i just that's just what i do
0: i feel like that's that's uh i i could connect with that because it feels like adventurous even then maybe i won't call it as much driven as like i think some people like you said there's going to be the people that are like all right i I watered my lawn. I'm super proud of that. Your day is complete. And that's the thing. And they can do that every single day. They could see the same people every day and they feel good. And I think that's, you need that. I think in, in the world obviously needs those people too, but also you got to have the people, uh, that are going, okay, what's over that hill. What's uh, what's across that ice land bridge so we can go, you know, like populate North America. Yeah, yeah. And there's got to be some people, <laughs> that's you know, right. who leave the leave the place, you know, who who are interested in the Epic of Gilgamesh from the Sumerians, and you know, all, yeah. all, all, oh, you all know that about kind of all stuff. that's great. Oh yeah, man, no, I'm, I, I'm, I, I, I'm 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 connecting pretty hard with a lot of the things you're you're saying because like me and my wife are that way. If we're in Italy, we're like, well, what if we went to Greece? You know, like we can't yeah. uh, we can't we can't stop at the the last bit. So it makes a lot of sense so it, maybe it's more just that there 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 are people who are probably born with that adventurer uh vibe you um you mentioned too learning you want to learn something every day is um is there any kind of trick to that is there a way to that at least that you i'm not going to say that everybody i know it, it, we always want to find the the silver bullet or something but things the, the reality is a lot of times we have to take things from a lot of different places to make it work specifically for us but is there a way that you um attack learning if you want, or is there a way that you, you go about learning something new and synthesizing that information so that it's usable, executable yeah. or whatnot?
1: Yeah. So there there is. Um, and for context, my, com- my tech company, DevSlopes, literally we train people, we teach people how to become programmers, help them get jobs. And so I've literally made over a thousand training videos, myself personally, training and teaching improving revising knowing how people learn how people think and all the, the the pitfalls people go through the things i've gone through and uh people do learn in different ways uh surely um, but there are some common patterns and and so for me i have kind of just like how i have faith that if i do something consistently it will pay off because i've seen it happen it's the same thing with learning like i know for a fact like if i wanted to learn rocket scientist, rocket science or you know, uh, physics, whatever, like I could do it because there's a pattern for me for learning the things I do. And it really comes down to identifying. Let's talk about writing specifically. It really comes down to identifying ways to improve. Um, One of my, I'm not the CEO anymore, but I'm an advisor. But one of my employees at Dev Slopes, you know, he reached out to me the other day and was asking me like, how do I really learn? Because he was trying to learn something very hard and i gave him some advice and it really the advice is you you need to you need to take time to study things for the sake of getting better so yes when you read books um you know you will you will study you will get better and it helps you but um i i have a book on my shelf over there that um i'm working on working on improving um being able to connect with the character and so I found a book that does it really well, and I have highlighted anywhere where there's internal dialogue. How much internal dialogue? Well, this page has forty percent internal dialogue. This page is this percent. Uh, Stephen King. I, I did it to a Stephen King book recently too. Billy Summers, you know, because I think he's a fantastic writer. Like, what is he doing here? And I'm actually highlighting and I'm taking notes. Um, it, not necessarily notes, just like I'm pointing out things that I need to implement into my life and into my writing. And but I'm doing this as a as a real process. Like I literally it took the book. I sat down with it and for the purpose of, of trying to dissect it. And so um, improving and, and learning really has to be a dedicated process where you're not speed reading. You're not just watching a video either. I tell this to all my students at Dev Slopes too, because they'll watch videos and they don't understand something. It's like, look, the videos are really supplemental. The, the real learning comes in the doing you, you take something that you just learned and you apply it. If you don't do that, It is gonna go in one ear and come right out the other. And so for instance, if you are as a writer, you're learning, okay, it's good to have more internal dialogue in your stories because it can bring you closer to a character versus just action, do this, he does this, he does that, he does this, he does that. Um, What I need to do is identify that internal dialogue and someone who's doing it correctly. And then I need to say, okay, that's what that is. Now I need to go and practice it. And that's literally what I did um, the other day because I'm trying to improve my internal dialogue and I dissected this book and then I tried implementing it myself because I have a tendency when I write to write fast like with no details you just one thing after the other after the other and it's entertaining but I was like okay can I slow down can I figure out a way uh, to really focus on something small like what is something super important to a character that's a very small thing but that I can I can expand upon where i can touch upon their past their history and like all of a sudden now i've got this all this internal dialogue and and i gave myself an an exercise to do that and so my here's my whole point is a lot of people whether it's programming or writing or whatever they think that by virtue of just either doing without study or by studying without doing that they're going to get better um and there are plenty of authors who you know, who've read all the best authors like Stephen King and stuff, and they don't get better and, and and they keep writing the same books and you do. Everyone improves over time and to some degree, but to answer your question, this is a very long answer you, you here. You can
0: take your time. You have,
1: to, <laughs> you, have to take, you have to take dedicated time to improving yourself and implement those changes. Otherwise you will not improve very fast or at all. And so for me, that is like so critical to my writing guys because, you know, it's not about the money at all. Cause I know some people who are writing smut and it's awful and they're making like $70,000 a month and it's fine, but it's awful for me. But the writing I think is awful. I, I like, I read it and there's spelling mistakes and like the English is terrible and it's like some of the worst writing I've read. And this author posts on a Facebook group, you know, their, their revenue. And like they made $70,000, but for me, it's like, I care about improving and being as good as I possibly can and unless you focus on doing that, you're never going to get better uh, in in your study. So anyway, long story short, actually focus on improving very specific things um, and actually studying for the sake of learning, not just not just learning by osmosis.
0: Uh, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. It's it's there's a slight focus change there where you're you're saying, OK, I'm, I'm going to read this book or like I'm going to take the master class from Aaron Sorkin or, you know, but you're going to have to actually do the exercises, you know, or you're going to actually have to do the, I, I, again, I'm bringing that, uh, I'm bringing that 60 day comic book thing, but that was my plan there was that. I'm like, okay, I listened to this guy. I, we made one comic, you know, by the end of this class, we've all made one comic. I'm like, really, am I going to really remember how to do this structure? Later, and then of course, I think you also learn other things, like the consistency of doing things like that over and over. I think you you find out what the job actually is, or you find out what the work you're doing, whether whatever it is you're learning, you find out what are the actions you can actually take to make this work. Um, I think, like for for example, with uh, with writing, I don't know if you have a a system. Uh, you've mentioned a couple of things where once you start getting some words down, you get going. Um, that's essentially what I do too. Like, I don't really believe in a writer's block situation because I think you can write your yeah. way out of it. I don't
1: either. Yeah, I don't
0: either. I, I even when I, I would wake up in the morning and write like dog cloud, uh, Asia. And I'm like, okay, a dog flies on a cloud to Asia. You know, like this would. Yeah. I would you and I'm like, okay, that sentence is trash, but I, I'm writing sentences now, and yeah. uh, it's it's going forward. So, uh, but yeah, I'm that's, I'm kind of getting off track there, just because it's exciting what you're talking about. Um. There was a thing you were talking about internal dialogue and character. You mentioned character a few times and saying that like this is what's really what's really kind of integral to you when you're writing. Um what is it about about character uh, that 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 catches you so much? I know like that's what you said you liked about the games as well, video games, these characters you'd get connected to. Um why is it why is it character? Not that it's over story necessarily, obviously if there's no yeah. story when you, you're following these characters around, but I think you are right that there is there, there are stories that you can tell where you're following around a compelling character, and that's already a, almost a story in itself. So, what, what yeah. is it? What is it for you that uh, that's what makes an exciting character for you? What, what is it you love about character so much?
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. This is a topic people like to debate with me on a lot when I, whenever I bring it up. But it's funny, um, you know. But um, I have found that if you can connect with the character you're you know you're rooting for them and it really doesn't it really doesn't matter what they're doing at that point uh and that's why you know stephen king talks about you know there's no need for a plot in a story and, and i i actually would, would agree with him because um once you're connected with a character you know you're just you care about knowing what happens next you know whether that's walking to the store or or whatever it might be and um you know and, and then you're kind of hooked, and this is how it is with um, with anime and, and manga. Uh, so, I read a book called Manga: The Theory and Practice. I don't remember his name because it's hard to pronounce, but he's the creator of uh, you know JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and some other famous mangas and animes. Um, and he talks about in manga, Japanese and in Japanese literature too. Um, and I've been reading some Japanese books um, in English. Uh, and he talks about how it's 90% character for them. He says, if you can focus on character, then whatever they do doesn't really matter. Um, and, and he he's right, because if you go and analyze, like if you're an anime, like the top anime you've ever watched, like like Hunter Hunter, for instance, was a very famous anime. And when I actually go in and, and I made a TikTok on this where I, I vocally tell the story of Hunter Hunter from first season to last season. It's the stupidest sounding thing that you've ever heard of because the story is so dynamic, but you know what, when you're watching it, you are in love with it and you always want to know what's happens. You want to know if the main character is going to get stronger, if they're going to defeat this person, if like that is all you care about. But when you look at the whole story, you're like this, this is a terrible, stupid story. Um, and, and that's because you're so committed to the characters. And so I know, from experience and from the things that I read that if you fall in love with a character then you're committed and and Stephen King is is probably the best example of this on the planet because everybody he writes is a character like the Tommyknockers story you know I mean like you're spending the first like 15 chapters getting to know these two characters one of them's a drunk this other one's this this woman who's a, a writer and she lives in a cabin in the woods and slowly things start surrounding these two people and you're so invested in them regardless of the story being you know okay um but you're so invested in them that nothing matters and so for me that's advice I like to give to brand new people is if you're not great with writing and and, and if your story's weak really tie people to your character because your readers will really overlook a lot of the other stuff um you know I, I went to um one more thing and so i went to church a few months ago and this um this guy the older guy 70s you know he i i seen him around i know him and then he's like i want to tell a story and because i know him and i've seen him around like i'm like okay what kind of story could he tell you? and he's just like so and why would he why would he say i want to tell you guys a story Like it was just, it was like so interesting. And so I was like, okay. And then he proceeds to say like, so I went to the store and it was an auto mechanic store and I bought a quart of oil and okay. So I'm like really intrigued. I'm like, why is he telling us a story about a quart of oil? And he, and he goes to talk about how he went there, went to the store and then he went home and He's, this whole story, his drive home, everything, and you know, he was talking about how he got a phone call and like some unimportant details too. And I'm like, so like, what is going to happen? Like, I really want to know. And um, and then he talked about how then when he finally got under his car to change the oil, he reached for the oil can or the oil court and it was gone. And I was like, okay, what happened to it? Like this is and it came on. This is a boring story. This is super boring. But I was like, I, I'm I'm visualizing like this old guy he's looking for his quart of oil and. He's like, it wasn't there. And I, I, I swore it was there. And I looked over, couldn't find. So I drove back to the store and I talked to the person and like, we couldn't find it anywhere on the counter. I thought maybe I left it there. And then he's like, oh, you know what? I have an extra one in my inventory. I must have put it back. And he's like, okay. I thought it was resolved. He left his oil there. He's like, no, but that wasn't, the story wasn't over. So, so then I took the oil court back home and I get under the car and I, I set it down. I'm about to do it again. And the oil court is gone again. I was like, what is going on? Are these gremlins or what's happening? And what had happened that he explained was the wind had knocked them over and it rolled down his steep driveway down to the gutter. And so he, he then saw something down there. and went down there and there's two quarts of oil. And that was the end of the story. And it was completely pointless. The story was stinking pointless. But I was committed the entire way because I was in his shoes walking this journey with a character. There was no plot. There was no anything else but it was super intriguing and you can do that with characters you can't do that like with a you know he said she said kind of story where you're just telling it from an eagle's view down it never works if you don't have good plot and good direction on a story like that no one's gonna listen to it but if you're invested in the character you can get someone excited about a missing quart of oil i don't you know and i believe that now and so so that's what I try to do is really make it character focused.
0: Man, I think you're right though. Cause you hooked me in the middle for sure. When he went back to the store and they got it and he came back and it was gone again. Then I, I was like, okay, now I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, just, I, don't even know. I guess you were, but you were hooked. You were interested in him. So therefore, you know, it's going, it's going forward. That's amazing. No, and you're right. You mentioned manga and, and anime and that's true. A lot of times the actual story is kind of all over the place or, crazy thing i think the the well i don't think i looked it up it's a hirohiko araki is the the name of uh the guy who did jojos i think but yeah no i i i'm i'm a big fan of uh i'm actually trying to learn japanese here i was i'm taking some of your advice uh so i have this is the second genki book (laughs) i was like okay how am i going to do this so that i actually so that I actually am getting better though, because you you can read those books, you can do every one of the exercises there, but you're not really, you're going to be yeah. able to say some things and write some things in yeah. Japanese, but you're not, I'm, I've been, that's like a running gag on this podcast that I'm still sucking at Japanese. <laughs> so I'm mean, going I've, I've been trying to navigate my way around it. So I'm, I'm going to apply some of the things you just said. To that, but how did uh, how did manga get in there? I don't know, like honestly, I if you have any time constraints or anything, tell me because I'll uh, no, I'm good. I'll stop. But um, that's pretty much it. Like, well, I, we this is a long form thing, we could ramble as long as you feel like you want to ramble. Um, because I, I think this is really excellent. I think a lot of people could could, um, including myself, could could benefit from this. Um, but yeah, how did I I did notice in your in your TikToks and in your uh, your Instagrams the the manga influence. Uh, you had mentioned that this is a kind of a synthesis of, of sci-fi and, and, and coding and hacking and, and action as well as manga and anime into a lot of your writing. So you're, you're taking these styles and kind of synthesizing them. Is that, would that be accurate to say?
1: Yeah. Um, yes. Um, so we are very fortunate to be in a day and age where we're not limited by, by tropes, uh, in independent publishing, you know? my book the last hacker like i really don't believe any publisher would ever pick it up because it doesn't fit the mold of 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 what bookstores are looking for um and there's a lot of books that are like that um and and so with independent publishing you can really do some great things so for me i want to do the things that are interesting to me and when i go in those so i'm in some facebook groups where all these top independent authors like the ones who are making like a hundred thousand a month two hundred thousand dollars a month like you know they they have their list of rules that you need to uh, abide by in order to make those types of numbers, you know. And I'm just really not interested in that. Like, I, yeah, I, I'm really interested in building my audience and attaching them to me and my style, um, not necessarily attaching them to a genre or a trope like a lot of those authors are trying to do. Um, which, which is the strategy is is you release large series with very particular tropes um, and categories and things that people are very familiar with and what they do is they read through yours and then they go to the next author the next author and they may not even remember your name but you know it's it's kind of like the idea of you know how many people go to Benny to get that amazing cooked in front of you meal where they're throwing the flames up versus how many people go to McDonald's well yeah everyone millions of people go to McDonald's every single day so you got to feed them and that's their that's their they'll even say that publicly it's like so we're basically we're we're the McDonald's we're feeding the people what they want and it's paying off well for them but for me, it's like, I have the chance to create whatever I want. So uh, that's where that's where this whole manga anime thing comes in. And I, I read lots of manga and anime. Um, you can't see it all, but I've got series on the walls uh, above in my bookshelves and stuff. And my kids are way into manga. Um, and I don't get moved a whole lot by literature. It's just my personality. Like, Like where I'm just like, oh my gosh, that was impactful. But for some reason, when I watch particular anime or manga, I'm like, wow, that's really great. Like they just know how to catch you and like really make you laugh and feel things. And they do it so incredibly well. And I really want to do that to people. And so I I, I know for my stories. And so, you know, I analyze those things and I read those things. And when I read the Japanese literature, it's so succinct. Uh, and just straightforward, but character-focused. Like I recently read the Omnis series, Vampire Hunter D, hmm. and it's. Have you read that before?
0: It's. Uh, I actually haven't read it, but it's legendary because of the. There was an '80s uh, movie. There was another yeah. one that came out in the '90s, so, and I saw all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Vampire okay, Hunter yeah. uh, D. yeah. So it was yeah. a. It was
1: a book. It was a, a novel before it was an anime, and I read, read it recently, and it's absolutely phenomenal because you're connected to this character, this vampire hunter D and you're just following his journey. Like there is n- no major plot. Like it's just three different stories, uh, three different journeys of in- encounters that he has. That's the three stories, the three books that are put into this one one novel. But you're so committed to it. And I, and I said to myself, it's like, you know, I wanna do that. I want to write a story where people come back for a character and they come back for me, you know, and, and like, then I can write whatever I want, right? I can write a horror story. I can write a sci-fi. Story. Like, I, whatever I write, those same people will come back to me because they want that thing that I gave them before. And that's the complete opposite of what people are teaching in those independent publishing groups. You know, like they want you to follow the trope so you can make your money and you know uh, get f- get fifty books on Kindle Unlimited and you will make you know one hundred thousand dollars a month, which is is very true. Um, and uh, but anyway, so long story short, so the anime and manga. I really love the fact that they focus on characters, and I really love the fact that everything is serialized. In fact, this book I was telling you about earlier, where um, uh, me and my daughter wrote a book to, to reward ourselves at Disney World, um, I'm prototyping the Japanese light novel, I'm doing it America style, where I write 50,000 word novels, five, six, seven, eight volumes of that, and I just sell them, one after the other. After the other. That allows me to get a book done in a month, uh, and allows people to keep reading and it allows the story to keep going because everybody is like, okay, create your three-part series. And it's like 120,000 words, takes forever to make. And you go on to the next one, like The Last Hacker is, is fun, but it's a three-part series. Each book's 110,000 words. I gotta, I'm limited by what I can do. I've got to end shop at a certain point. I got to cut things off. So I'm prototyping because I can, because we're in this free world right now. Uh, I'm prototyping serializing just like they do in Japan. But for myself, where I, where I can write 10, 15, 20 novels, whenever I feel like I'm done and the people are satisfied, I can be done, but without having to group things into big fat novels. And so that's why I'm really interested in manga and anime, because when you watch fans of anime and manga, they're like, okay, when's the next novel? When's the next novel? Like, you know, like Dragon Ball, uh, super right now, you know, they're like number, uh, seven, 17 or 18 is in pre-order cause it's not out yet in America. And it's got, you know, all these pre-orders and everyone's like, when's it coming out? I was like, well, I really want to do that for my stuff. Like, it's not a typical thing we do in America is serializing things like that. On webtoons we are, but uh, can I do that with, with books? And, and I, because I'm building my own audience, I can. I know that I can. Would I ever be able to sell a serialized novel to through Barnes and Noble? No, no one's ever going to buy that. That's that's not in their thing and and on Amazon, you know, it might it might do okay with Kindle Unlimited or something. Um but anyway, that's why I'm really interested in manga and anime because uh I don't have the numbers in front of me, but in the last 3 years alone, manga and anime sales have gone through the roof like a significant percentage increase. Uh you'll see that at at stores, uh Barnes and Noble specifically too. Uh sci-fi fantasy is being removed from the front of walkways and put where comics used to be, and manga is being put in the front, and those shelves are increasing by like 40% capacity, uh, and you go into Hot Topic. It's manga and anime everywhere. Like 70% of their junk is manga, anime. You go into Spencer's at the mall, and all of these stores, uh, Target, a whole wall for full of anime, manga stuff, like every store, ev- like this, it's increasing. It is, that, that market is here, and because, the independent uh, publishing market so free right now you can do whatever you want um What's and that? so i'm i'm playing around with some of those ideas um and uh this particular novel i just finished uh actually has it's very fast paced like japanese literature um and like my last hacker series which a lot of people really like is very fast paced um whereas you know some stories you don't get very far like i, re- I read recently um Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, and it was like three hundred thousand words, and literally in three hundred thousand words, a guy gets out of slavery, discovers who he is, and that's it. That's that's like <laughs> that's what happens in three hundred thousand words. And it, it, it's a great book. It's got the slow burn, but like I don't write like that. Um, and Japanese literature is the complete opposite of that. So things anyway, get that's, that's what I'm prototyping out. I yeah. can
0: understand that because I, I think I even saw that somewhere, even on your um, posts where it's like a lot of fantasy novels. It's like, oh, you know, just just get past the first 150 pages and you're going <laughs> to yeah. you're going to see something happens. Something yeah. happens. Trust me. And it's yeah. like, well, maybe that's a little too long. Oh, uh, so that's fascinating, actually, to me that it's it's not just the the the, the, the manga or anime itself, but also its delivery method. Essentially, like it's its method of yes, breaking it up into smaller pieces and stuff. Oh,
1: it works because of the delivery method.
0: Wow, I had you know, I didn't even realize <laughs> that's amazing. No, it's true. Uh, I like it's my I don't read a lot of manga, but my my favorite uh is Lone Wolf and Cub. I don't know if you if you know that one or not. I'm not it's a, familiar with that one, no. it's an older one, Samurai Story. It's it's a it's a legendary one if you're into that um it's uh kozure okami in japanese and um essentially it's that you know you've got this okay this these things happen to this samurai at the beginning you know uh you might have heard of the movie shogun assassin or something like that like that that's actually just a kind of a cut up english dubbed version of lone wolf and cub okay um because that was a series uh black and white series they made um anyway sorry it's about this samurai he's traveling the world with his very young son um, as a Ronin, trying to get uh, revenge essentially for the death of his his wife, because uh, they had come to assassinate him, and now he's and they he, the, basically this guy includes all this stuff from Japanese history during that time, um, but essentially that's it. He just goes from place to place, kind of taking you know taking on adventures and whatnot. It's not necessarily about whether he reaches this goal or not right um it goes in that in that way and it's just in you know i have the omnibus collection of it i think it's one of the best comics in general whether you want to call it a manga or not like put all comics into it it's one of the best there is but having it be that it's in these small uh things you're like okay there's one story and it's like okay well what's the next story i want to know what happens to this guy how far does he get and there's an overarching path you know that eventually we get somewhere with it but it didn't happen immediately, but also something always happens and it happens to him. It happens about yeah. him or his child, you know? Yeah. And it's just about values, essentially, uh, more than anything else. And you're connected is-
1: to the character, right? Because you're like, I want to know what's next with this person. You know, it could go on yeah. forever, you know?
0: Because <laughs> essentially, like in a lot of Japanese stories, he will not do things the way that everybody else is going to do it you know or somebody else might run he won't run he, he oh you could take advantage of the uh, killing this guy right now he's going to try to kill you and instead he'll help him up and then they'll fight like that you know he's like well no i'm yeah i don't do like that or it might yeah. be the other it might be the other way you know it might because he's a ronin he's like okay we have to take the demon road so you know he's mm-hmm. he, he's saying we gotta go we're gonna have to go wild here and not necessarily follow the rules and then that's the, that's the story there. So now it's it's really though what this character has decided and what she wants to do. So I think I could see uh what you mean by that. Um, but th- that's uh <laughs> sorry, I kind of went off on a rant there because it's it, it, I just that's thought it was it. really interesting that you their delivery method is what I mean, you seem to be able to focus in on what works for things. And also, this is interesting, too, because you didn't want to do what is essentially, in a way, artistically bankrupt for you. Like, you could put out a bunch of these novels that are tropes in a genre and then be the McDonald's, right? But that's not really exciting to you, I think. Is that that what I'm hearing? Um, Is that you wouldn't really want to do that because you're just, okay, yeah, you could make $100,000 a month if I did that. But am I really... You know, you you could also lay bricks, or you could also, you know, buy real estate or something. Then
1: yeah, yeah, and and I mean, I have the advantage, you know, of of not having to worry really quickly about you know making a bunch of money from all of this. Because um, like even from the kickstarters, everything I I made from that, I put back into this business, this thing that I'm doing here. Um, and so I I just I'm, I'm more interested. I'm more interested in doing what I want um and sometimes sometimes it's easy when you start something new because you see everybody else doing things certain ways um you know you want to fall in in line because that's what's best practice and those guys are right you know they they in in what they do um and uh but you know I remember I had in this particular Facebook group I had posted on there like guys, this is the kind of approach I want to take. I notice you guys are saying you want to do this and this, tying people to the, the, the genre, the tropes, but I want to attach people to me. And like everything I just told you right now, I po- I did that in a Facebook post saying like, you know, what, what do you guys think? Why wouldn't this work? Why don't you guys ever talk about doing it this way? And literally everyone just ripped me apart saying, no, that's not going to work. Who do you think you are? They list to and said, who do you think you are, Stephen King or Neil Gaiman? Because if you're not amazing like them, you don't even have a chance in this fight. Of uh, being that person that you want to be, because I I had mentioned. Well, there's other authors where you know it doesn't matter if Stephen King writes horror or sci-fi or like a, a comic, people or like you know The Dark Tower, which is like um, like a, a, a urban fantasy. You know, um, people come to him to read his words, and they said, "Well, that's not you." You know, we're you know these people are great and amazing, and I was just like, and then when they said that, it, it triggered in my mind. I was like, I understand now. I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. For what I'm trying to accomplish, um, I understand they have their ways, and that's fine. The independent publishing in that type of sense, uh, and then on the publishing side too. Like even when I'm like working um, with this New York Times author, you know, they have told me you know things that will work for a publisher and things that will not. Like they'll say straight up say, no, they're they're going to throw your book away if you write that uh, because that's not what they're selling, and I don't want that either. Like. I'd like to write what I would like to write the way I would like to write it. Um, and you you can't do that unless you build an audience, unless you, you know, you're, unless you're in it for the, like the long haul, you know, it can be very difficult because then you won't sell your book. Right. Um, but I'm trying to build, I'm building an audience. Um, and, and so that allows me to do those things.
0: Well, that makes sense. In, in terms of building the audience, um, I've noticed that, you, you seem to want to create an experience for the people that are, are inter, are interacting with your work. I noticed that like, like, like the story on TikTok where yes. you're going to be face to face with them. Um, even, uh, with your app, uh, which I downloaded by the way. And, uh, I was listening to John Carter. You, you narrated John Carter, which is awesome. I was yeah. also, and then <laughs> you you can also go on YouTube and listen to the short stories of, of rage and, pretty much anywhere you go, I can experience, or I could, I could read the book, uh, paperback. I could also listen to it on audible. I can also look at it digitally. So through all of these different mediums, I guess this is also, it's two questions in one in a way, uh, cause I'm asking, how are you building that audience? And then also how are you creating that experience for your, your audience? And maybe a third question is how, how would you best like, uh, people to interact or experience with your your work, I mean, I guess so that's three things. sorry to jam them all together into one, but yeah. answer any one or all if you would like
1: <laughs> so i I like the fact they say the word experience because that that is actually a word I think about a lot um for me, I think everyone should everything should be an experience. You know sometimes I read a book, like I read an amazing book like um I really loved Hyperion by Dan Simmons. And when I finished listening to the audiobook, I was just amazed that he could he could do what he did in those words. And I wanted so much more. I wanted more Dan Simmons. I, but you know, he doesn't write very many books and he's not invested. And you know, I was just like, I really want to create an experience that people can get involved with, that they're whether it's watching behind the scenes, whether it's books or samples of things that i'm writing or creating letting them be part of the process um and and i'm still figuring that out to answer the other questions you know like I'm, i'm i'm figuring out which mediums and which platforms youtube is a complete failure yeah i've got like 700 subscribers but i still can't figure out youtube um you know because what i want to do is not working on youtube um and so and that's another that takes a lot of time as well too and so figuring all of that out still is, is, is part of the process. Um, You know, I have this app called the Walbeck app where you get unlimited sci-fi fantasy stories. And I I have this idea, this, this dream that, you know, we can find um, independent authors who need help getting their work out, getting it produced in audio format Um, because, you know, creating an audiobook can cost you upwards of at the, you know, for a, reasonable narrators like five to seven thousand dollars of course professional narrators can go up to twenty thousand dollars um and depending on the deal they can take a cut of your royalties as well too um the super famous people will do that sometimes um and so it's it's very hard and so like i had this idea of getting people's work into audio format uh, at a reasonable cost um so but I, it's you know i'm testing these things out um you know i'm testing out different experiences for me making those trailers and, and TikTok, like these movie trailers, these book type trailers, you know, it's an experience. Like even my, my um, kickstarters, if you watch the videos at the beginning, like, they're like exciting, full of energy and, you know, like almost like a movie. And so um, everything for me is an experience. Like I have to make sure I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Um, and if I, I feel like if I have fun with this process, then other people would have fun with it too um so uh, everything i do is kind of selfish in a sense too because it has to be really fun for me and i like experiences like i you know i went and saw jurassic park the other day and i drove an hour so i could go watch it in an imax you know uh because i wanted the best sound uh you know i want to be able to like feel it um and so i try to be very mindful of things like that so yes experience i'm still figuring things out i don't have all the answers i know that tiktok is really starting to work for me. I'm going to be putting all my focus on that, all of my focus on that um, in, in those stories that I'm posting there. um, Because, uh, oh, also I, you know, I I get emails, added up all the time too. So if you click my link in my bios, there's a little email form, even that form alone, you know, is getting between 10 and 50 new people every single week. You know, I've got an email list of about 5,000 people. Uh, If you can get, Here's a fun fact. Uh, being in the marketing world, if you can get someone on your email list, you know at least 10% of those people, when you sell a product, will purchase that product. Um, you know, so I can always use those numbers for anything I'm going to launch, like projections. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Um, you know, so I really focused on growing that list. Uh, I'm not doing any paid ads for that right now. I have in the past. Um, but all of it's coming organically for free from TikTok and Instagram. And so that is how I'm building my list. So right now I've got about 20,000 followers on TikTok. I don't know on Instagram, it goes up and down 13,000, 14,000. And then, um, and then about 5,000 people on my email list right now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's growing. Oh, and, and not to mention, I think there's been about 10 or 15,000 people who have read my book, the last hacker who may or may not follow me in any particular place so
0: that's it so okay well yeah so i get put out something that's good and put out as many things as you can try a bunch of different platforms and see what platforms are working essentially for you yeah. so tiktok's working these other guys maybe not so much uh but it, you did you do have something on, on all of those things and you can kind of project and then also the email list of course so that's a that's interesting okay No. well very very cool and i i also really do like that um that that you do want to make the thing that you want to make and that you're finding a way to do it regardless of you know the discouragement that can happen people say hey well like you mentioned that earlier well who are you stephen king who are you neil gaiman or you know, like maybe yeah. not but but you are yourself and i i you can go online and find anything you can find somebody who's got millions of views like or look look at a construction there's there's a construction company so it's like look we're we're making floors and there's 5 million 15 second clips of them making a floor they have 2 million followers yeah you know like so who 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 are you Stephen King you know like who are you but you know so it's like well why why were they able to do that and maybe you're not you're not going to be able to for some reason maybe that's just doubts uh people have doubts and fears and they're Possibly projecting that uh, on you in a way, and I—I I don't know. Life is for the living, and if you're going to put yourself yeah. through all this, all this work, I mean, why not live? Why not live life, mm-hmm. right? So I think that you know that's that the other thing, thing to me.
1: related to what you're saying. There is—is is I, um, everyone told me every author on the planet told me, first off, probably don't publish your first book. Secondly, your first book's going to fail. Third, don't expect to make any money at all on your first book because you need between three and 10 books, you know, to really have success. And I rejected all those ideas out of the gate. I literally, and you, if you don't have confidence, like those things are hard and I have experience with my business, but like everyone told me your first book, don't expect anything, don't make it a big deal, don't do anything. And I, I rejected all that. I was like, you know what? I wanna sell my first book. I, I'm gonna publish it and I'm going to sell it. And I'm going to do that no matter what. And even right now, i have okay so i only have one book published one book published you know and um that book let's see that book let me just do some math here that book has made like almost forty thousand dollars one book my first book and it wasn't because it wasn't because i was extra smart or extra great writing or anything like i just rejected i rejected the narrative you know to what you're talking about people talking about doubt having doubts and things like that you can literally do whatever you want. And of course the next book uh, did a Kickstarter as well too. And um, anyway, like you reject all that stuff. If like, just do, do whatever you want, you know, and, and as long as you have confidence, comp- confidence is key, but everyone will, everyone will tell you what, what not to do. Um, you know, they, everyone has it their advice to give. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely of the opposite opinion. Like do whatever you want. And if you do it with passion, like, like it will work out for you, especially with today's, openness of of everything
0: that makes a lot of sense and I'll, also it does kind of make me think that if you were okay don't think that it's going to work don't think that it's going to be the well then what are you aiming for here like how is that a goal <laughs> right like it's difficult like yeah that's... no i do i'm writing this book because i want to sell this book yeah. i want people to read it um but oh don't worry they're not going to and don't feel well then what yeah. about the next one what am i doing differently how yeah that does seem yeah. like it would be and you a good plan you
1: always get better if it doesn't work out as well as you want that's okay you can keep getting better like but to like throw it all out the window before you even even published you know and 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 i had another call with another new york times bestselling author who gave me that advice at one point like honestly don't 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 put your first three to five books out there it'll it'll ruin your reputation it'll ruin your your name for when you actually get good and like they hadn't read my stuff, but that was the advice they were giving. And I was like, well, I reject that too. I just reject that. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Um, you know.
0: That makes sense. Whatever. I <laughs> yeah, no, well, why not? But at, at the same time too, I think a lot of people who are in particularly artistic fields, I think maybe that's where some of your your strength comes from in terms of i know you've mentioned a few times like hey look i've been an entrepreneur i've run companies i have some confidence that i'm going to be able to make this work uh, a lot of people who start in writing they're doing this because right. it's like it's they don't actually have that confidence they do have a lot of doubts it weighs on them they especially on those days where you write something you kind of know it wasn't that good and you know you're going to yeah. be going back and rewriting it I, i've had that once where i wrote a first draft of a book in about 30 days and i uh I just so I was like, OK, I think I'm going to rewrite the f- I, I, chapter one, two and three are good. And then everything up to chapter 20, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to change, you know, and most of these characters aren't going to stay because I don't really like them, you know, and that happens. And you're yeah. thinking like that can hit you a little bit, make you feel doubts. It can make you feel fears and you can feel like not as confident as maybe you should feel. Is there uh, are there any ways that you handle doubts and fears and stuff like that? I, uh, What's what's your what's your take on those things?
1: yeah well i think if you can change your mindset that failure is critical to success you know then everything changes for you like it's why i told you like when i'm in these weekly clubs and this author just tears me to shreds like i'm like loving every minute of it because like you have to experience you have to experience failure like in order to really have success so like you should like totally embrace that stuff like embrace embrace it all and just let it let it be what it is. Let it be that failure. Um, and you know, for me, like there's times when I, I cringe on some of those chapters and, you know, I come back and I was like, you know what? Uh, And I have like a beta reader read something and they don't say anything They're like, Oh, this was amazing. And, you know, I'm just like, you know, I I try to, you know, some people are more perfectionist than me. I'm not a perfectionist. I'm of the mindset of, you know, get it something 70% there, you know, and like, you're really at a good spot because it's really easy to perfect things over and over and over again. Um, And so like, just out of the gate, if you're like getting into writing, like just know you're going to fail and you are going to suck at points. And like, I I do too. Like I look at my first book, the last hacker and compared to what I'm writing now, like I'm like cringe. Like that's what my kids say. They say cringe. That's a thing now. Um, (laughs) I'm so, I'm so, I'm so cringe. Um, But it's, it's, (laughs) It's bad, like it's. But people, you know what's crazy is, someone messaged me the other day saying this is the most amazing book I've ever read, and I read multiple books a month. And I'm like, what? Like, some person went said read my first book, which I think is terrible now, uh, and said it's the most amazing book they have ever read, and they read books every single month. So, you know, your cringe may be somebody else's binge. Can I? Oh, I can I trademark that? <laughs> cringe is somebody um, else's But binge. like, <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, so like, ex- just accept those failures, and but so long as you're improving, right? Like we talked about learning, you know. Mm. So long as you're improving, then that justifies the failures. If you're not improving, then that doesn't justify your failures. You know, like you have to keep getting better. Um, so like, when I get when I do get bad reviews and things like that, I, I like the ones that are reasonable. Like I actually take the heart and I improve those things. But sometimes you got to step outside of yourself and the emotion, and you know uh and, and sometimes people don't know what they're talking about like one person messaged me and sent me this terrible message about how this book is so ridiculous so awful and like all of these different things and i said uh i said to my i was like well i'm gonna just talk to this guy so I ch- it was on it was on facebook messenger like it was like they took the time to rip into me i'll just take the time to talk about him i was like well i really appreciate your feedback you know I'm, i'll look into these things and, and i see what you're saying and then he completely changed he's like actually i'm sorry i'm going through a really tough time right now like actually i've read this book twice (laughs) and i'm like i'm like okay this person just said they hated my book well they've read it twice um you know and then they talk about how they're going through some struggles and things you know and so you know take all that stuff with a grain of salt like just take what you want out of reviews and feedback improve and embrace your failures and choose to improve on them and you know sometimes and I don't, you know, I make sure not to open my phone and look at reviews before bedtime or the first time I wake up. Like I literally like be like, okay, let's just take a gander on Goodreads or whatever and see what's going on. You know, I gotta mentally prepare for some of that stuff too sometimes. But um, yeah, I, I enjoy failing because I know that I know that it means I can I can get better. You know, it's weird. I know it's a weird
0: outlook. So that's, I don't think that that's that weird. I mean, it's, it's a thing that a lot of successful people tend to say is, you know, at least you're failing forward in, in a sense. That's a classic uh, thing as well as like if you're, you're learning from those mistakes. I mean, I don't know anybody who's ever done, let's say a martial arts class or weightlifting or anything like that, where they weren't as good at the beginning as they were going forward. And it was through yeah. being told they weren't doing it correctly that it, it helped. It's a little bit different in, in art sometimes, because like you say, there can be people that are telling you you're not doing it correctly when really maybe you're on the right track. So it it, it can get muddied that way, I guess. But I, I think I understand what you're saying. And, um, <clears throat> I was going to say too, I noticed that you don't just take advice from just random people either. It sounds like you have like, I, you, what does your, your, your team, if you want me to put it that way, look like there was a beta mm. reader, you'd mentioned editor, I think. And also there's, you know, some of these coaches now who are bigger authors that are helping you um, what do you think, uh, is, are, is, how does that work? How does your, your, your team put together so that you can be confident in the final product?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, those, you know, those things are happening now. They didn't happen in my first book, but I will say literally the best thing I've ever done. And I still do is you just look at the top authors that are like selling in the world, like the absolute best of the best like, for me, that's, you know, like Stephen King, um, or some other people in, in sci-fi fantasy, like you know, read, read famous people, Orson Scott Card, other people, whatever genre you have, um, because you can quickly see what they're what they're doing, um, right? And, and so for me, that's that's had the biggest influence. Is like, how do I improve? Now sometimes you can't see your own, even though you know something, you actually can't see your your problems unless somebody says, okay, looks at your work um, and actually critiques it. So. Having someone to critique your work is really great, but the thing is about critiques is art is taste, especially writing, everyone has their own taste. And so you have to, you gotta be careful. You gotta, you gotta know, you have to know who you, okay, I'm gonna say this. You have to know who you are before you decide to let people critique you. Because if you don't know who you are, you're gonna feel down and everyone's gonna rip you up. and and. You know, you may not get to where you want to be, and so you know, I'd be very careful about critiques because I I've tried multiple writing groups, and when people gave me feedback and I don't agree, and it was not useful. Whereas this this group I'm in now, you know, I have someone who's way better than me, who's a top selling person. You know, every every Barnes and Noble you go to, his books are there. And he's ripping me to shreds and i'm learning every week like i'm taking notes and all kinds of amazing things like i learned every single week that i wasn't getting from the other critiques you know um people, you know, just be like well you know you should do this and this i'm like no i don't like books that do this and this like i don't like you know and so it's important to make sure you have the right people in your wheelhouse to support you so yeah the beta, beta read is fine but even then you know i'll take their feedback and if I find problems, I'll fix them. But at the end of the day, like I'm still gonna do what I feel right about, and that's what you should do too, as as a writer too. So you've got to be careful with with those things. Um, that's really true. Yeah. So just look. At the, best advice, look to the books. Look to the books.
0: Look to the books. Look at like so. It, it's sort of in a sense modeling after the people who have already been very successful in this and that. Who everybody loves yeah. essentially, and saying, okay, look, uh, these guys did it. I could do it. What one man can do, another can yeah. do, I guess.
1: Yeah, look at their styles too. Like, like Orson Scott Card, I'm, I'm reading his new book, Wakers. And you know, you'll you notice if you read that book, he has no detail. He is, it's a super fast paced book and you're following this character. You're so interested in the character and what he's doing. But like other authors like Brandon Sanderson would be like, okay, there's a car and it's rusted and the world is bleak and dreary. And like he would explain everything Orson Scott Card explains Nothing, and Orson Scott Card has a class on writing, um, which I've taken. Uh, you can order it from his website. Um, it's amazing, phenomenal, and you know he has some very strong opinions about writing. And it, but it works. It works really well. So you can find authors who have different styles. Like Stephen King is all about that internal dialogue and character, like super intense character focus and their backstories and like what makes them tick. Whereas Orson Scott Card gives you just a little less details, and you just follow a character through his world um and there's two completely different writing styles and if you add like someone like brandon sanderson who does exposition on everything from the cufflinks and the buttons on your clothes and all of these things like you can find who you want to be like who is successful because you know people are reading their stuff and you know find people in that world who appreciate that and you know bring those people into your into your circle so this particular new york times author i'm working with his writing style is fantastic. It's, it's the exact style that I want. And I would, if Brandon Sanderson had a writing group, I wouldn't join it because a writer can only teach what they know and, and who they are. And I don't want to write how he writes because I literally punched my dashboard in the car when he was in a chapter explaining this town and all these people's clothes. And I literally punched the dashboard and screamed because the chapter wasn't ending. And I felt like dying and like some people like that stuff, It's not for me don't bring those people into your group if that's not how you write because they're going to tell you to do it a different way than you want to do it um so you do need to also find the right taste the people who are in that same taste as you
0: (laughs) that makes a lot of sense too so it's it's qualified advice you know and and that is actually working towards what you want it's not and not even qualified because like you said this other guy's a great writer He's amazing. But uh, I, I, I'm i with you on that, actually. I, I don't like it when there's a million tons of detail. I think Stephen King mentioned that as well, right, where he's like, I'm not going to tell you. I'll say that her clothes yep. were shabby and you can imagine what yep. shabby is to you. And we'll move on. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm of that mind as well. And I have I've actually listened to a lot of Orson Scott card uh, stuff before bed uh so i'm I'm a fan of that too so i I think i i know what you're saying there but if that's not you and you are the detail let's do details and stuff then maybe get that advice from that person yeah that's that's really cool i i it reminds me of a time too where i did take a writing um course about revising um and i I felt like that was a huge mistake there was 12 people in the course there were 11 stories about a sad girl it doesn't go anywhere and uh then my story about a uh, Yakuza and an architect and two two different sides of the world who are, who were switching places uh mentally constantly and they were like, Yeah, I guess this is okay. I don't know, uh, maybe I was like, Hey guys, <laughs> write a story where something happens. I get it, she's sad, what else? <laughs> you know, so I, yeah. I I think I think it's it. It's not that they were doing the wrong thing or that I was doing the wrong thing, but I was definitely in the wrong pond there. So um, uh, that's amazing. I know like we're, we're starting to run a little, little long, probably for, for what for, for me, no, but, um, I don't want to keep you yeah, too much I, I gotta go
1: wrap up dinner and stuff here soon.
0: Yeah. Okay. We'll wrap it up. I actually have a few questions that I generally ask. Um, most sure. people, um, it's just, they're, they're kind of rapid fire. So I, I, this is how I do it. So the, the first thing is art is essentially, um, like in Japanese, they call it bijutsu, which is, um, the, you know, jujitsu is like a fighting style or jutsu means a technique essentially, and B is beauty. So it's the technique of beauty. So it's part of the reason why I even have this podcast. One of the spines of it is beauty. It's beauty battle and business, essentially. Um, so what, when you hear the word beauty, What does that mean to you
1: it just means whatever you want to mean really like so long as you are so long as you are good with it so long as it means something to you um if you can because if you can drive it that way then it doesn't it doesn't nothing else really matters you know so uh, and not everyone's gonna like like it either so it has to mean something to you uh otherwise it may not mean anything at all so
0: that makes sense. So, and the, 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 another question I usually ask is what does it mean to be an adult or be mature? I might change that a little bit for you because you have, uh, you have so many kids. So what what does it mean to be a father could be another way to to put that is, or is that involved in maturity or being adult, uh, that kind of thing. So what to you, is yeah. it mean to be a father being that you have such a large family? I'm, I'm very interested in what your take
1: is on that yeah well it definitely changes your perspective on everything you do uh and every single aspect of what you do and who you are and it absolutely is different than being single it's different than having a girlfriend or whatever a boyfriend it's different than having a dog it's different than uh than a million other life circumstances uh that you could ever have um and it adds a depthness and richness to everything that you do that you wouldn't have otherwise and like for, from your art to writing, whatever, you know, um, because you, in a sense you are, you're creating life. You're, you're sustaining life. You are enriching people, training people, teaching people. Um, and so, uh, it means all of those things, everything in between. Um, and it's also something that you really, you know, can't know unless you experience it. Um, and, uh, and you, in terms of writing, you know, you'll see that a lot too with, uh, with authors, especially ones like Stephen King who have families and things like that, like you, you can, you get a lot of sense of that richness that, you know, you don't get when you're younger in life, uh, things, things are different, different motivations. Um, so, wow. Wow. Well,
0: I, I appreciate that. And I honestly, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. You, you, you really, uh, you opened my eyes on a few things here and I, I hope that some other people are, are inspired and, in, and in by the things you've said. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, I really, really appreciate it, especially since you have, you have so much going on in your life. Um, thank you for sharing really, honestly.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I could talk about writing all day and I, especially for me, because I I love to teach, but I know what it's like to have doubts and all those things. And so if there's any way, like I can say anything that would encourage something to someone to do something that they are been hesitant to do then you know i think it's it's awesome and i'll do it anytime
0: thank you so much thank you so much i'll let you go even though i don't want to <laughs> but because i have really enjoyed this conversation but thank you so much man and like, honestly have the best rest of your day uh and uh good luck good luck with the book i i will put all of the links uh, that you would like of course uh down into the show notes so that people can take a look because you're you're kind of everywhere but uh, whatever TikTok, instagram the kickstarters all of that stuff i suggest check it out download the app if you want to hear some great stories um check mark out he's awesome as you can tell i don't even think i need to say that because you because of this conversation mm-hmm. so thanks again man i'm going to let you go and uh You know, thank you and welcome to the ragged world. I usually say that at the beginning, but I'm saying it at the end.
1: (laughs) All right. Thanks. Thank thank you. Ciao, ciao.